0: What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked on Reds. And here we go. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. I know the Reds just got done losing 2 of 3 to Chicago, But they're not done yet. I'm going to tell you why in just a moment in this jam-packed Thursday episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. We're also going to talk to Moose Michaels from Locked On Cardinals to preview the upcoming four-game set in Great American Ballpark. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Hit us up on Twitter and give us a call on the Locked On Reds line at 513 549 for general reactions, questions, comments, and answers to the questions that I have. I've got two questions for you right now. Who do you want to see in a Reds uniform come August 1st through the trade deadline? And are you worried about Joey Votto? But that's enough of that. I want to do a quick recap of the series, and then we're talking with Moose. So the Reds didn't get the result they wanted. The day game... Rubber match on Wednesday was a tough slate, tough road to hoe for the Reds lineup as Yu Darvish no-hit them for the better part of five innings, and then even though they were able to string together a few hits on the fifth and the sixth, they still did not touch Darvish. They were able to score a couple of runs in the eighth, but that was after David Hernandez came in and gave up two more runs to make the Cubs lead four to nothing and the Reds were just never able to erase the deficit falling five to two to the Cubs and it's just uh, and and losing the series two out of three and overall yeah sure that's seven and a half back out of the division but raise your hand if you thought they were going to compete for the division crown this year I get it we were positive. We were saying, "Oh, look how and look how few games behind they are. They're so close. This is such a tight division. They've got a shot." Look, it's it's not the end of the world. It sucked that they lost. It really did. But here's the one thing that this Reds team has done all year long consistently. These not they've not done too many things consistently. They've had decent starting pitching, but other than that, everything else has kind of been all over the place. The one other thing they've done consistently is whenever you have them pegged as to what this team is in 2019, they flip the script. They've got a good chance to flip the script here this weekend and I'm going to get into that with Moose Michaels here in just a few minutes, but I wanted to talk you down off the ledge. You may be in that group that said, "All right, well, that's it. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. The Reds are done. They're going to sell off their parts." Yeah, not so fast. This is a trade deadline in which they really need to focus on next year. The Reds' off-season plan needs to start right now. Not as in they need to phone in the rest of the season, but they need to have the team ready for 2020 because 2020 is going to be that first year of contention. The window is opening, right? Right? last year and I'm not I don't mean to reuse something that James said last year whenever he hosted the Lockdown Reds podcast but James called the 2018 season a table setting year now that obviously didn't happen because once again in 2018 the Reds were horrible this is the table setting year 2019 is the time when the Reds get it all together they bring all the pieces to the table and the next season's when they serve dinner. That's just how I see it. And I'm not super down on the loss. I know there were a couple of things that were annoying about the loss. There's always annoying things in a loss. I am worried about David Hernandez. I wonder if the outings that he had earlier this season, do you remember the times whenever David Hernandez was coming in and striking out the side? Boy, I do. And they seem like forever ago. And it was pretty much just a month ago. But it feels like it was years ago. But he was super effective early on. And now just his last stretch has been just horrendous. And has completely derailed his season. And I wonder where we go from here with David Hernandez in a Reds uniform. But overall, I am not discouraged. I'm looking forward to this four-game series with the Cardinals. We'll talk uh we'll we'll take a look at my mental state on Monday depending on how this se- the this series goes with the cards but all in all it's okay right i get it it sucks to lose but we're going to be okay let's jump into the conversation with Moose Michaels here we're going to preview the weekend ahead i also kind of want to get into what his thoughts are for the cardinals moving forward as they are in the middle of this jumbled NL Central. And frankly, of anybody in the division, I mean, or of anybody in the league, pretty much everybody in the NL Central can say that they're, you know, quote unquote, buyers they're looking to add. But the Cardinals are right there on the cusp of it. I want to see what his thoughts are on that too. So without further ado, here is my chat with Moose Michaels from the Locked On Cardinals podcast. I'm with Moose Michaels here today. We're going to talk about this upcoming Reds-Cardinals series, and it's kind of a big one looking at this division that just will not separate. It seems like every time the Cubs get a few games or the Brewers get a few games, then they fall down a few games or something like that. It's weird, and with the Cardinals poised in a very nice spot there right underneath The Cubs maybe make a shot this weekend. The Reds maybe get back in it. Who knows what's going to happen this weekend. I got Moose in to talk with us about the series. How are you doing today, Moose?
1: Hey, Jeff. Good to be back, my friend. And I I wish I could say the Cardinals were doing great, but I think the National League Central might be, number one, the most competitive division in baseball. But number two, I think it's also the worst division in baseball.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, most divisions – the second-place team is, at least comparatively speaking to the NL Central, they're like out of it. They're yeah. Like You've got, especially like in the West, you've got the Dodgers, who are about a year ahead of everybody. And then you've got the Central, where the Reds, as much as we love our Redlegs, they are still in last place, and yet we can still talk about them as if they're not out of it yet. It's just hilarious how it's all played out. What's been let's look back since we are a little over halfway through the season. What has been the high part of the season for the Cardinals and what's been the low part?
1: Well, the, uh, the high part of the season is, uh, I don't know that there is one if I'm being <laughs> uh, completely honest. It's a, okay. No. Okay. Here's the high part of the season. The Cardinals have stunk as bad as they have. And as of tonight, still only sit three games out of first place. That's right. the high part of the season. The worst part of the season is is after a hot start that goes 20-10 and 10 in April, they don't win a single series for the entire month of May. <laughs> they, they Seriously, not a single series. They didn't win a single series the entire month of May, and it, it's really annoying. The bats have all gone cold, but there is hope. Goldie seems to be starting to heat up. He hit a... Uh, uh, a couple of nights ago, a big two-run bomb against the Diamondbacks. He had another home run against the, the Pirates on uh, Monday, and he had a big three-run bomb tonight. So he's very quickly approaching 20 home runs with about half the season to go.
0: It It's always a good time whenever Goldschmidt is getting hot right before the Reds play him because that's probably a good sign for Goldschmidt. Um That it's, it's kind of funny because there's a lot of Reds fans and Reds Twitter is just ripe with bipolar people every night, like one night it's like, we're going to win the world series next night. uh, We should trade everyone. It's hilarious because it's almost as if they look at it in a vacuum and they're like, this is only happening to the Reds. It's basically happening division wide. I mean, you look at the pirates who for a while were, you know, wallowing in obscurity. Then they go crazy, and they get up in the division almost, I think they're in third place at one point, and now they're falling back down as well. Just complete highs, lows, and almost like a really bad roller coaster ride. The Reds had a really high point. I was fortunate enough to be at the game whenever they swept the Astros. And at that point, we're like, the Reds can do anything. And then they can't, because then after that, they just you know 500 ball a little under 500 ball just constantly taking two steps forward three steps back and now we come into this four game set we're looking at um at least dakota hudson uh taking off in the first game what can you tell me about him
1: uh dakota hudson has has really started to find a groove you know it's uh early on I used to tease about him because he would give up home runs at a pretty incredible rate, and that's kind of calmed down now. He's he's become one of the more reliable starters in the rotation now. It doesn't mean he's perfect, um, but compared to, say, uh, he's he's really, really good. Um and, and you you talk you ask about Hudson but really what you're asking about is the entire Cardinals pitching starting pitching staff which has been in the gutter. Uh, Wainwright has probably been the best of the bunch overall. I think he's the only starter with an ERA under four. Okay. And um, you know uh, now there, there are some other improvement positive signs. Michaelis has been has been decent over his last few starts. Flared he had a no hitter. Going in seven innings against the Giants, and uh, Hudson has, has been and, and has some really good stuff. But the thing about Hudson, as well as all the Cardinals starters, is you're going to see walks, and you're going to see mistakes, and you're going to see you're going to see almost an inability to to really kind of control the. Not I don't want I don't want to say this. Because I'm not saying they're not good. They are. But for whatever reason this year, it's like their brains are haywired. I know I should throw a fastball, but you know what? I'm going to trust my curve. And that's the pitch they hang, (laughs) you know, or something like that. Uh, Anybody playing the Cardinals should count on scoring runs. Because it happens a lot, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ninety-three percent of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/podcast. Just go to Indeed.com/podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com/podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? you need indeed.
0: This episode of Locked On Reds is brought to you by Postmates. If you have not already done so, download the Postmates app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Postmates is the way to deliver everything. There is no need to go out and get things now. Heck, just today I wanted a Philly cheesesteak. You know where I went? My couch. I opened up the Postmates app, selected a wonderful establishment that makes great Philly cheesesteak sandwiches. And I PostMated it. Just PostMate whatever it is you're looking for because they deliver just about anything you need. If you need a sandwich, you need a bottle of wine, you need some beer, you need a cookie, they're going to deliver it to you. Download the PostMates app and enter promo code Locked On, You get $100 in delivery fees for the first seven days that you've signed up on the app. That's PostMates and promo code LOCKED on that's about the one thing that's hard to count on with the reds like they had that one game against colorado after the all-star break where they scored 17 runs and then they and, and and they followed up the game after that by scoring nine runs but they gave up 10 and in the Cubs series it's like they got the six on monday and that felt like they reached the mountaintop because the next two games they just really couldn't put together any sort of rally because every time they got guys on base, they just left them there and they couldn't bring them in. So I, I, I'm i interested to see how the Reds line up and the Cardinals pitching meshes and competes this seat, this series. Cause uh, like we mentioned, you got Hudson on Thursday, Wainwright goes on Friday, Michaelis is slated for Saturday. And then I think Sunday for both teams, it's a TBD situation what's the guy – so is Wainwright the guy you've got the most confidence in?
1: Uh, Well, at home, yeah. Michaelis is pretty good at home. And I misspoke. Dakota Hudson is currently the ERA leader in the Cardinals pitching staff, an ERA of 3.48. So nice. uh, about three and a half. And uh, so I guess Dakota – I mean, if, if you go by ERA, he's probably been one of the better pitchers. He's also leading the team in wins with eight. <laughs> so uh, uh you know I, you almost have to have more trust in Waino. I think uh simply because he's been doing it a long time his last few starts have been very good uh he had that one really dominant start uh, and my my brain i'm when you have a son you just have brain farts all the time
0: sure.
1: I just remember he he went something crazy like a hundred and twenty some odd pitches over eight innings of like of like two run ball or something crazy like that. That's and, vintage. uh, yeah, it's vintage Wainwright. And I've been telling people, you know, enjoy it when you see it, because I don't, I don't know that he's coming back next year. I really don't. Um, he's only on a one year deal anyway. And he may look at this and go, you know, might be time to hang it up. I'm just, I'm not saying there's, he's never said anything like that. That's just pure specula- speculation on my part. Um, but as as far as as far as Hudson and, and looking ahead, uh, the the T the TBD, I would imagine it's probably gonna be Ponce de Leon, Daniel Ponce de Leon, he pitched tonight. Okay. Um, or maybe not. Uh, it's you know, with walker being devoted to the bullpen, you know, you've got you've got Flaherty and you've got Michael and you got Wainwright. Uh you you got Hudson. I mean that's probably the four you're looking at. I, it's I, I don't know, man. It's I sometimes I get I get I just it just breaks my heart to talk about Cardinals pitching.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, i mean the days in the past you had Carpenter and a younger Wainwright and stuff like that, they were they were tough to get by. Um and I, and I know I, I feel like without the numbers in front of me I can't definitely say one way or the other. But I feel like the Reds have played Ponce de Leon a few times and Ponce de Leon is really Uh, stymied the lineup, so that'll be interesting on Sunday as well. You mentioned Wainwright's contract and how it's coming up at the end of the season, and this is the wonderful time of year where we're talking about trade deadline, and especially this year where they have instituted the hard and fast. Nobody makes any trades after July 31st. Where are the Cardinals in all of that? Because I know that the the term buyer-seller almost seems far too simplistic but where do you see the cardinals at come july 31st nobody
1: knows um <laughs> I, and i, and I mean, I mean that because when you take when you take a look around wh- what do they got to sell mm-hmm. i mean honestly what do they got to sell they got nothing to sell um no one's going to take matt carpenter even though oh, there's a there's a starting to be a contingent of the fan base that wish they that they would um you know and i love matt carpenter but he's a lead off hit- hitter who can't lead off anymore. <laughs> he's more of an American league kind of guy. Uh, same thing with Jose Martinez. You could trade Jose Martinez, but what are you going to get back? You know, he's, he's a great bat off the bench. And, uh, unless you get the designated hitter rule in the national league, he's another American league guy. You're not going to trade Paul DeYoung. You're not going to trade Goldie. Of course, mm-hmm. you're not trading Michaelis. You're not trading Flaherty. You're not trading Hudson. Uh, You could trade Carlos Martinez, but you take a look at him over his last couple of appearances out of the bullpen, and they've been shaky at best, and he's got a—he doesn't have a bad contract per se, but there's a good deal, a little bit of money left on it. Uh, The biggest trade trip the Cardinals obviously has is Marcelo Zuna, and before he got hurt with his fractured hand, uh, he was probably going to be the best rental player on the market. Yet, he's got a fractured hand, and he may not even be back by the trade deadline. So uh, I'm sure there's a team that would be willing to take a chance on him, but you're not going to get the return you would have got if he had been healthy. Um, Colton Wong, Harrison Bader. And I'm just running through, just going around the diamond. I'm not saying the Cardinals should or would trade any of these people, but right. you're not going to trade a light hitting second baseman or center fielder no matter what their defense is. That's, that's just not going to happen. You're not going to trade Yada. He's an institution just like Wayno. So what do you got to sell? Marcelo Zuna maybe, if he comes back and can show that he's healthy. So, on the other hand, what are you gonna buy? Well, there's not really anywhere you can really improve this team in a lot of ways. The payroll next year. You've got you've got several players eating up over a hundred and I think it's hundred and forty million dollars next year between just a few players. The Cardinals payroll is as high as it's ever been. It's like a hundred and sixty some odd million bucks. And, uh, and in the year after that, it's like $90 million is being eaten up. So where, where are you going to put these guys? You got Paul DeYoung at short. He's not going to be moved. Yeah, you could move him to third maybe, but who are you going to replace him with? Um, you know, you're not going to move Goldie. Uh, is there a second baseman out there available that's going to be better than Wong right now That, that, that that's available? I don't right. know. Uh, On the starting pitching side, um, I I have advocated that Trevor Bauer should be a Cardinal. I think it's a match made in heaven. However, I don't know that the Cardinals will be able to keep up with the Joneses in that the Yankees will be going after Trevor Bauer. The, uh, you know, what, the Twins could be going after uh, Trevor Bauer. The Dodgers most certainly could be going after Trevor Bauer. And when it comes to prospects – the Cardinals have some good ones, but not the ones they have that are good. That would take to get Bauer. They're probably not giving up. Uh, I've heard they're connected to Will Smith, the the reliever that's currently on the Giants. I've heard they're connected to Madison Bumgarner. But again, what what are you going to trade to to get those guys? You're not going to trade Nolan Gorman. You're not going to trade Andrew uh, Kisner, the, the the catcher who's going to take over for Yachty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might trade Matt Weeders. Maybe, but again, who's going to give up a bunch for Matt Weiders? Right. The Cardinals are squarely in the middle when they can't. There's really nothing to buy, and there's really nothing to sell. And I, I, I argued on yesterday's episode they're kind of in a hole that might take three or four years to dig out of.
0: Interesting. Well, that's definitely going to be the most interesting part at least for the Reds this season is the trade deadline to see how they go about it because I've been advocating for them to find their next Scott Rowland. And maybe he doesn't necessarily need to be as old as Scott Rowland was whenever the Reds finally got him but Why don't you uh, get Matt Carpenter? Yeah. <laughs> you
1: guys love St. Louis, third baseman.
0: I tell you, it's something about him and St. Louis outfielders too with Jim Edmonds. But um although he wasn't a big I, fan of Cincinnati. But. I forgot
1: Jimmy Baseball was there. I know he was a Cub for a hot minute, too.
0: Yeah, it it was about a – it was less – it was probably a cup of espresso rather than a cup of coffee with the Reds. <laughs> but, but uh, well, Moose, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on and uh, previewing the series. We're definitely looking forward to this weekend. Uh, got any prediction as to how it's going to go? I
1: predict a split. The, uh, the Reds are typically a pretty good team against the Cardinals. Uh, now, the Cardinals are on a bit of a hot streak – And uh, obviously, I'd love to see that build continue. But uh, historically, I just predict a split. uh, And that's where my enthusiasm is about the Redbirds right now.
0: I think I'm with you. The Reds have shown that they're a 500 ball club. And if they hadn't started off the year one and eight, that's right about where they'd be right now. So Moose, I I appreciate you coming on, man, and hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for us here on the Thursday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks so much for downloading and listening. Make sure that you're subscribed on all the major podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Himalaya, all that good stuff. Check it out. Hit subscribe. You'll get each and every episode, each and every day automatically added to your queue. Also, hit us up on the Locked on Reds line at 513 549 5-9. Get ready for this weekend. I'd love to hear some reactions from you as the Reds hopefully have a good series. Anyway, that's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow on the podcast, I've got Drew Cook from the Blog Red Machine. He's in. We're talking Reds. There was no plan. It was totally ad-libbed, and it was totally awesome. You're going to love it. Check it out tomorrow on Phona In Friday. Thanks so much for the Locked Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.